0: Good morning, Middle. I invite you to rise and join me in our invitation to worship. Hallelujah. Praise the living God in God's holy house.
1: Praise God
0: the grace. Praise him with trumpets and strings, with voices and dance. Let every living, breathing creature praise God, hallelujah. And now I invite you to join in our first hymn, this Eastertide song, Christ the Lord is risen today.
2: choir here to invite all of our young friends young and young at heart I am spreading the blanket and you are invited to join me up here happy Easter friends we're coming up here I think I have some we care buddies right on cue coming through the door look at that friends young friends As you come and join me today think in your head right now What does it feel like when you have surprising, exciting, unbelievable news to share? Just think in your head. What is that feeling like? Catalaya is thinking right now here with me too. Yes, your sweater's hot. We can help her with some sleeves maybe. So that exciting news you have to share. We're going to hear a story today about Jesus and Jesus, you know, he was really cool because he hung out with people that a lot of folks in society ignored and said, oh, those people aren't important. Jesus said, no, all the young people, they got to come hang out and listen and be a part of the conversation. People that were sick, Jesus spent time with them. People that had jobs that other people thought, those are weird. Jesus said, no, these are my friends. So Jesus, after he, after Jesus was killed and he came back to life, that's what we celebrate on Easter, that he conquered. Yeah, you can clap for that, Catalea. Exactly. We celebrate that on Easter. Jesus conquered death and violence with love. Do you know who were the first people? that got to share that news. That exciting, unbelievable, surprising news about Jesus' new life. Who were the first people? Do you know? Paul and Silas. Oh, Paul and Silas kept, kind of kept the story going. Yeah, those are some good characters to know. But the very first people were women. women. A group of women. Yeah, you can snap and clap to that. This group of women were the first people where society might have kind of ignored them they were the (laughs) message bearers of love Jesus's message of love they were the first to share that message so think what you might like doing in springtime connects with sharing a message of love I like going to the park and watching the bubble guys with the giant bubbles do you know those giant bubbles? It kind of makes me think of love being spread in surprising, exciting, unbelievable ways. Miss Sarah is giving you each a little bubbles. Bubbles, yeah. So take it to the park, take it to your friends, spread that message of love in surprising, exciting ways. You get to be love spreaders, just like that first group of women. Let's say a prayer together, my friends, with your bubbles in hand. We will link up together. Bubbles, bubbles. 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 Yeah. spread in love. Let's pray, dear God, dear God. Thank you for the message of Jesus. Thank you for the message of Jesus. Where all people were important. Where all people are important. Help us to be love spreaders spreaders. of that same message. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Bubble, 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 bubbles. Bubble, bubble, bubbles. bubbles. Let's sing, see a humble love spreaders.
0: Thank you for your drumming, and thank you, choir. We have with us today the Peabody Veterans Memorial High School Chorale from Peabody, Massachusetts. So we thank their director, John Simmons, and they're at the end of their 2019 tour. They were with us in 2016. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. And thank you, Middle Church, for being love spreaders. You spread your love to uh, probably close to 1,000 people last Sunday on Easter Sunday. So thanks you to each of you who sang, who directed, who um, were warm and welcoming and hospitable to so many guests and guests. Thank you for spreading the love. Uh, We are gonna welcome the people who are watching from home. So welcome if you're in your pajamas, or if you're in France. Um, We thank you for joining us today for worship. And where are we visiting from today? Um, I know there are some visitors out here today. Welcome to Middle Church. If you'll just raise your hand if it's your first time to Middle Church. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Wonderful. And could you just shout out where you're visiting from? Seattle. Woo, Seattle. Beautiful. North Carolina. Texas. Texas? Texas. Where? Atlanta? Whelan? Sweden. Sweden. Wow. Wow, Sweden. Montreal. 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 Wow. Paris, France. Wow. Well, you tell us every week that Middle's the place to be. So thank you for being here, and we want you to take Middle with you. And you can do that by wherever you are in the world, watching us at 11:45. We live stream on our homepage, and you can join the church from anywhere in the world. Be a member of this movement, um, and you can also do that on the website. Um, oh, the choir after their second um, song will be departing to travel. So that's why they're exiting, and to. We are having a butterfly feeding program meeting on the fifth floor parlor after the second worship. So if you're interested in that ministry, please join that meeting. This afternoon, um, the middle players will be performing in the community room, a beautiful performance space at 2 p.m. And also at 2 p.m., there'll be a memorial service here for middle member Gary Ranker here in the sanctuary. then just one other brief announcement. There are three ways that you can. There are three ways that you can give at the offering time or any time, but in worship during the offering, also online. So if if you like me don't carry cash in your wallet, you can just go on your phone to middlechurch.org/donate during the offering and, and um, offer your gifts there. And then if you're coming and going after worship, there are dip jars in the social hall near the coffee and near the food. And so there's, those are many ways that you can plug into giving. We're so glad you're here, and Reverend Bertram Johnson is gonna lead us in a gorgeous prayer.
3: Good morning, Middle. Good morning. I just heard some sirens passing by, and we are often inundated with sound and activity and chaos in the world around us. But right now, I invite you to a position of peace, that you find yourself grounded in your seat, that you turn off your cell phones and your alarms, and allow ourselves to be filled by the breath of the Holy Spirit moving in and through us. Let's sit in God's presence for a moment just quietly. Holy One, thank you for the gift of peace in the world filled with chaos. You are loving and our risen God. And on this Easter Sunday, the second Sunday of Easter, we praise you for the gift of new life that you have given us through the ministry of your beloved son, Jesus. It's his radical love, his bold faith, that reminds us of the promise of new life every day. Although the joy and the celebration of Easter Sunday has passed, help us to know your loving presence in our work and in our worship. Help us to trust in the movement of your spirit because we crave to, we, we need to know your presence in resurrection here and now. God, we are people who want to experience your justice, but sometimes the need feels so overwhelming. Sustain us in our weariness. Give us a clear vision of where you are calling us to serve and what you want us to do so that we may faithfully share in your healing and life-giving work. God, our provider, we pray for the people of Sri Lanka after hundreds of lives were lost last week in bombings at the hand of religious hatred. Our hearts are still with the people of New Zealand who grieve after the violence and terror of white supremacy and Islamophobia in that land. We pray for the people of South Africa and Mozambique and across the continent of Africa whose lives are ravaged by floods and the impact of climate change. And God, we lament with the family of Nigel Shelby, a 15-year-old African-American boy from Alabama who ended his life last week because the weight of bullying for being gay was too much to bear. God, we continue to pray for our Jewish siblings in Pittsburgh and now again for those in San Diego who've been traumatized by white nationalism and anti-Semitism. God, we continue to ask how long, how long will we live with this violence? Holy One, in each of these communities, help us to see your risen body showing up to love, heal, and comfort your people. Wherever religious, gender, economic, and racial violence occurs, give us the understanding to see where you lead us to love and shoulder the pain with them. In the places where hate and fear threaten to kill us and keep us entombed, let your radical, unconditional, and all-embracing love redeem and resurrect us. Liberate us from that which keeps us bound, whether it's systematic white supremacy or sexism, addiction, or depression or domestic violence. God of new creations, new birth and new life, make us new today. Make our hearts your heart. Make our hands your hands. Make our mouths your mouth. Loving, serving and speaking your truth. Liberating all your people so that the kingdom of this world becomes more like the kingdom of our God. We pray this trusting in the power of each of your holy names and all God's people said, Amen. Friends, we are people from around the world, but I invite you to stand as one and say the prayer that Jesus gave us in whatever language or tradition that's most familiar for you, saying ever loving and holy God, Hallowed be your name. Your reign come. Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Friends, the peace of God be with each and every one of you. Let's turn to our neighbors and share God's peace right now.
4: We'll take all your money. No worries. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Didn't they sound beautifully? Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. Um, I'm going to read the scripture today. Uh, it comes from the book of Luke, Luke's Gospel. Chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, if you want to read along. 24, chapter of Luke, verses 1 through 12. And I'm reading today from the message version. Listen now for a word from God. At the crack of dawn on Sunday, the women came to the tomb carrying the burial spices they had prepared. They found... The entrance stone rolled back from the tomb, so they walked in. But once inside, they couldn't find the body of Master Jesus. They were puzzled, wondering what to make of this. And then out of nowhere, it seemed, two men, light cascading over there, stood there, and the women were awestruck and bowed down in worship. The men said, why are you looking for the living one inside a cemetery? He is not here but raised up. Remember how he told you when you were still back in Galilee that he had to be handed over to sinners to be killed on a cross, and in three days rise up? Then they remembered Jesus' words. They left the tomb and broke the news of all of this to the eleven and the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them kept telling these things to the apostles, but the apostles didn't believe a word of it and thought they were making it up. But Peter jumped to his feet and ran to the tomb. He stooped to look in and saw a few grave clothes, that's all. And he walked away puzzled, shaking his head. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you say a prayer with me? God, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, as we seek to hear a word from you, a word, God, just for us, a word to make our hearts strong. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So um, April 25 was the second year anniversary of the death of my mom and any of us who've lost children or grandparents or cousins or aunties anyone who's experienced that sense of loss this whole story takes on a different meaning i think uh, the death and resurrection story the sense of both this yearned for hope the sense that we will see our beloved again you know that's that's at the at the core of our faith but also i think more and more at least for me the ongoing sense that that my mom is rising in me all the time. Like, the resurrection isn't out there. You know, she's, she's rising up in me all the time um, in memory and wrapping her heart around my heart and giving me signs and wonders. And Does anybody know what I mean? Can you relate to that? Yeah, that's good. I'm so glad. But when she transitioned um, after a really stubborn battle, with lung cancer, and you middle family walked with me through that. She had celebrated her 80th birthday. She celebrated 60 years with my dad. Um, She could hardly talk because she was all, you know, phlegmy and uh, and sick, but she could still communicate to us. So um, for a little while, she'd still sing the Lord's Prayer, her favorite, in this kind of reedy soprano, um, with the, just the right amount of vibrato, um, she would also sing a really silly song: "We are fighters, bump a dump bump, 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 bump." Can't blame it on chemo brain. She just was funny, and she would sing that, and she'd say then. And we are fighters, Jack. She'd say. We've always been fighters. Our family's always been fighters. So keep fighting for justice. She'd say. And she'd say, keep saving souls for the Lord. That's what mothers tell you when you're a pastor. Keep saving souls for the Lord. Um, she uh, was hilarious. I think I think I'm a little funny. Maybe I got that from her. But if I wanted to make her laugh, all I had to do was say, guess what? In this little gallop, and she would crack up, and then she'd say, Girl, you're so silly. You're so crazy. And then she'd say, You're never gonna get old. And then I was like, That's right, Mama. I really love you. Really love you. Um, But the thing that really sticks with me, the words that really stick with me, are how many different times and ways, and how many different cadences. She said, I love you. I love you, Jackie. I love you, Jack the Beanstalk. I love you so much. I love you so much. And all the different I loves you seemed like they were having like, oh, this one means I'm sorry. Okay. Or this one means never stop being you. Or this one means don't let there be any glass ceilings. You know, and this one means I'll always be with you. Like all of these different I love yous, right? And I just stored them up. I stored them up. I just stored them up. I'll be with you always. When our beloved dies... Those last words, the things that they say to us at the end are so precious, right? A desperate apology. The paperwork is in the safe. I'm really scared. Girl, don't let nobody cremate me. That was my mother. <laughs> or don't, don't come over here. I just passed some gas. That was her too. Jesus' last words. Right? Must have been so precious to his friends, to his beloved, to all those Marys, all those women they marry. Daddy, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I'm so thirsty. Mother, here's your son. Son, here's your mother. Making family on his way out the door. Why have you forsaken me? My God, I'm putting my spirit in your hands. Today, you'll be with me in paradise, done, over. Words of forgiveness, words forgiving murderers and betrayers, making family and new relationships, life-giving words, even as he died. How could they ever forget them? So before it was a thing called a Bible, before it was a canon, they were telling the stories. Remember? Remember when he sat at a table and broke bread? Remember what he said? Remember he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my life, blood given for you. Remember all the things he said. And of course, you know, maybe it's because I'm a woman, but I'm not surprised it was the women who stuck around. In that culture, in that time, they would have been more vulnerable. They would have stayed. They did stay. And they were the first ones to tell these words, to tell these stories about how at the crack of dawn on Sunday, they came to prepare the body and there was nobody to prepare and how they were mystified and wondered, is this what he meant? Is this what he meant? Is this, is this really what it is? Is this how it is? And how they went to tell the news to the others and how the others didn't believe them. Peter being Peter runs to the tomb. All of these words, all of these words, these dying words of Jesus, but the words of Jesus on his three-year mission when he knew he had a short life, right? All these words are words to live by. When he read the scripture in the synagogue, evoking the prophet Isaiah, hey, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've been anointed to bring good news to the poor, to bring sight to the poor blind to proclaim liberty to the captives that's my mission statement and that's your mission statement when he rebuked even his friends the dude's wrong don't don't tell the children to stay away from me I want them close by I want the women close by I want the tax collectors and the sinners close by at that time he said the words to the Syrophoenician woman this was not a good moment But she's looking for healing, and he basically calls her a dog. A dog. But then she keeps talking to him because she persisted. Wink. Wink. And he changes his mind. He changes his heart. He confounds them with parables about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like a place where an old woman loses a coin and celebrates. It's a place where a shepherd loses a sheep and finds it and celebrates. It's a place where a man loses a son and celebrates when he finds him. No matter what he's done, he welcomes him home. He tells him that the kingdom of God is a place where the last one hired gets paid the same as the first one hired. He tells them it's a place where a party is thrown and all the outcasts and the whatnots and the ne'er-do-wells get invited to the table and get to have the first seats. He tells them children are not property. And in fact, if you don't become like a child, you won't be able to find out what the kingdom of God is like. He tells them that the greatest commandment, because they really want to know, because we all want to know how to get it right, the greatest commandment takes the 613 Holds laws, Jewish laws, and boils them down to two tweetable, bite-sized, Instagrammable commandments. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. 6.13, down to two. He tells them, when you've seen me hungry or naked or in prison and you took care of me, you took care of them, you took care of me. He tells them love is the law, love is the hermeneutic, love is the lens, love is the ethic, love makes a beloved community, love is love is the way and the truth and the life. Love is what it is all about. So he didn't say anything about murdering Jews in their synagogues. And he didn't say anything about killing Muslims in their mosques. In fact, he didn't say anything about murdering anyone. That rule-breaking, cultic barrier-breaking, reign-of-God-crushing son of a God. He said, don't even be angry, raising the bar on what kingdom life is like. He didn't say throw cans at gay boys until they die. He didn't say, beat trans women to death. He didn't say anything about gay at all, in fact, not a single thing about gay or non-binary gender identity. Not a thing. But he did say, feed my sheep. And he did say, woe to you if you cause any of the little ones, meaning the vulnerable ones, meaning the left out lost ones, woe to you if you cause them to stumble. That's what he said. Now, you know, when people pass on, we, we romanticize them, right? I mean, I do a lot of memorials as a pastor, and people will come to my office, and they'll be like, oh, my God, I, you know, I didn't get to tell her I was sorry because I cussed her out last week. because We were having a really hard time, you know, or, you know, he never would ever pay his bills on time, you know. And when they get in the public space of memorializing, they'll be like, he was just lovely and butter would not melt in his mouth. And he was just the perfect angel of the Lord. But that, like, cause like the memory is like shaky <laughs> when you're looking backwards. So on the one hand, we, we can romanticize the people that we lose. And I think in a way we've, we've we romanticized Jesus a little bit. What I mean by that is the human guy, right? The son of God, the son of humans, had a temple tantrum. And that's in there. I'm not making that up. He cursed a fig tree. Poor fig tree. What was that about? Why? why? Uh, did I do anything to you? I bet the fig tree was thinking no. Um, he just, that encounter with that woman, the Syrophoenician woman, was not his best television, Christina would say. Not a good marketing plan for Jesus. So he was not perfect. But what's happened in his death, certainly, let's say in a movement growing of people in an opposition, right? Growing in an oppositional movement in Rome, you kind of glamorize, romanticize the one. And so either he's like Nammy Pammy, soft milk toast white with golden curls, and near a you know, a frown and that peace look, like a peace hippie, Jesus. On the one hand, right? On the other hand, another way to romanticize him is to empire him. And I don't mean, like, we talked before about the white baby on the Christmas card, right? We've covered that. I'm talking about the grown-up Jesus who can get empired by the, by the powerful, who can become the Jesus in their pockets. Are you, are you with me? Like, the Jesus who... No, You are supposed to go across the ocean and take the land because you're chosen. You are, you are entitled. You have manifest destiny. The doctrine of discovery says you can take it. That same empired one is on the side of men, straight men, white men, is not on the side of gays. Is not The reason you're poor is because you're, you didn't pray well enough. Are you with me? Your territory hasn't been enlarged because you're not holy enough. That Jesus. Nanny Pammy milk tells Jesus, Empire Jesus, who's on the side of the ones who would, I don't know, put children in cages. The Franklin Grams. Is that okay to say out loud? Y'all got very quiet. <laughs> like the ones who believe they're the gatekeepers, in other words. The ones who've decided who's in and who's out, who's Christian, who's not, Those guys, they've created a Jesus that is not Jesus after all. And so it is that on the last day of Passover, actually exactly six months after the shootings in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life Synagogue, a 19-year-old that we would call a boy, except that he did this murder, picks up a rifle, a college kid, and has read all kinds of stuff on the internet and decides to go and shoot some Jews. Why? Are you ready? Because he was inspired by the Christ Church shootings. And he was inspired by the Tree of Life shootings. And this is the truth, he says he was inspired by Adolf Hitler and Jesus the Christ. Did you hear me? Hitler and Jesus inspired him to go kill some Jews. The Jewish rabbi, Jesus, inspires him to go kill some Jews. Lord, have mercy. How far have we come from the teachings of Mary's boy, Joseph's kid? How far have we come when we think that church means how many people can we put out? And how many people? Can we assail? How many people, because they don't believe what we believe, are somehow not God's people? I'm talking about a revisionist, oppressive religion that some would call slaveholder religion, that I would call white, heterosexist, misogynistic, supremacist, masquerading as religion, religion. Somebody say amen. And so, This is what Easter is all about. Now, of course, Easter is about the the very reality that God is stronger than death, that love is stronger than death, amen? Easter is about that. It is about God can do anything, including being stronger than death. But I think it's also about this, friends. No matter our faith, and in this room, my, I have new friends in church today. When you come to the middle church, you've got Jews in the room, we've got Buddhists in the room, we've got agnostics and atheists in the room, you use in the room. We all have different kinds of ways of knowing who God is. No matter what that is, we have to admit that Jesus is a beautiful example of the divine human partnership. Amen? That that's, a, that's a rabbi <laughs> teaching love. Okay? So when Jesus rises, he proves the power of the divine human connection that is available to every human being to rise up. So every time he preaches the reign of God, he's rising. Every time he touches a leper, he's rising. Are you with me? Every time he's being near and untouchable, he's rising. Putting a woman in the movement, rising. Celebrating children, rising. Healing the sick, rising. Feeding the people when they don't deserve it, he's rising. I don't believe for a minute that Jesus needed to die to save us. I don't think, I used to preach it. Jesus had to die to save us. No, bad people killed him and he died. God did not make a baby. Listen to me. God did not create a baby and grow a baby to crucify the baby to save us. The baby was crucified and God saves us anyway. You with me? God saves us anyway. The, the, price of the, the price of the salvation is the love of the God who loves us. Amen? Just the way we are? And y'all, Some of y'all are going to fight with me about that later. That's cool. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Let's talk about it. Call me up. <laughs> okay? Like, like the, 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 the salvific moment is the love. The salvific moment is the rising. And the rising is ongoing. The tense of the rising is now because we are the rising body of Christ. Are you with me? We are the rising body of Jesus. Our exegesis, our responsibility to let any text, any text, any text that is death dealing die because they need to die. That's what needs to die so we can live. Amen? What needs to die so we can live is stale, old, musty, Punitive theological understandings that crucify people. What needs to die is text rendering and big T tradition that just are five steps away from the death of God's people. I have new friends, Lynn and Rob. Lyndon and Rob are in a movie with, with me, made by a beautiful man named Dan Karslake. They're here with me today. All my new friends. Their son Ryan, in this beautiful, good Christian family, loving family, amazing family of lovers of God, lovers of Christ. Ryan comes out to them at 12, and it's just like not tenable. Like, what do we do with that? We don't, that doesn't go with it. That doesn't work, right? So we pray that away. We conversion therapy that away. We, we, we with fervent love and passion try to make that right because. Our God says to make that right. Our texts say to make that right. Our preachers said to make that right. Are you with me? Those people love their boy so purely. And yet, he couldn't not be gay. So his poor heart, right, took in hatred from the world, guys. Not from his parents, but from the world. And he ended up doing drugs. And he ended up unconscious. And he ended up, after some goodbye time with his family dying, do you understand What I mean by death-dealing tax, I mean we do that. The church does that. I'm not talking about Linda. The church does that. That's not Linda and Rob. That's the church. You feel me? When the church says you're the only way, the truth, and the life, and my Jewish friends are outside of that, that's two minutes away then from someone taking a gun and shooting somebody in a synagogue. Are you with me? Because why can't you shoot them? They killed Jesus. Hello? When we say the Muslims are Sharia law, blah, 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 and we don't even know what we're talking about. We don't even know what we're talking about. But when we say it, and we say it with loose lips in the name of Jesus, then the hijabi woman is in danger because we have not liberated ourselves from the texts that will kill her. Come on, people. Are you with me? Middle people, I can't talk like this in every church in America. They'll put me out. (laughs) But you are, you are the revolutionary lovers. You are stretching to find the liberating word of God. You're, You're actually asking yourselves, what does love have to do with it? Because you heard. I didn't make that up. The rich young ruler says, Jesus, what am I supposed to do? He says, love, love, love. Love everybody. Everybody? Everybody. The queer one? Yes. The broken one? Yes. The ugly one? Yes. The fat one? Yes. The lying, stealing one? Yes. The, the ne'er-do-well? Yes. All of them love them. Love them like you love yourself. That is what Jesus says makes us us. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That's actually proof of loving God with everything we have. You follow me? We can talk all day about loving God, but if we will not care for the one in the prison, it doesn't matter. If we don't care for the one that's on the street, it doesn't matter. So this is our job. This is, this is what it means to be the Easter people, the resurrection people. Again, I don't care what the faith base is. I'm talking about the love people. The love warriors are letting go of texts of terror, we're letting go. Howard Thurman, his grandmother, poor, illiterate Florida woman, told him, he was like, mama, how can you be a Christian? Um, they wouldn't bury his father. They wouldn't bury her husband because he hadn't been to church. Okay, just <laughs> imagine, dead body, haven't been to church, we're not going to bury you. So, Howard, as a young man, wondered, Grandma, how are you a Christian? She said, because I don't read anything that's not about love. If it's not about love, I feel permission to let it go. If it's not about love, permission to rigorously exegete the heck out of that, the hell out of that, and think about what love would have us do. That's our job. This is what it means to be revolution rising. We are the resurrection. Not because We've passed through some hoop. But because we live life out loud as love, that's our job. And middle family, people are counting on you. I mean, I keep thinking I'm going to show this video. I'm not. We're going to put it online. People are counting on you. They're watching you. They buy tickets to come to New York to find out how to be this intersectional space. How to be Christian and. How to be Christian and. How to be Christian and open. Christian and interfaith. Christian and LGBT friendly. And a place where everybody can sit in here and find love. They want to know how to do it. They're quoting your, your stories. They're listening to the music. They're watching to learn. They want to subscribe to Middle Church to find out how to be this new thing that God is calling us to do. I'm asking you to join me in that. Not me. I'm not the one. Bertram's not the one. I love him. He's not the one. He's He's like, I'm fine, I don't wanna be the one. But you're the ones. You're the ones. This is your opportunity. Tweet the love messages. Subscribe to Middle Church. Look at the YouTube. Pick a song. Madge singing This Is Me ought to blow everybody's socks off. Put it in the world. Let people see what the love looks like. Bring your friends to church. I know it's hot in here and crowded, especially today, but like bring people, bring people. Share the love, amplify the love. You are the ambassadors of love. You are the revolution rising. You are the resurrected body of Jesus Christ when you rise up in love. When you rise up in love. Not judgment, love. Not fear, love. Not no, yes, love. This is our calling. This is our mandate. This is our expectation. Because we say, we believe this crazy story. It means we have work to do. Amen.
5: Good afternoon, Middle. Well, that's pretty hard to follow now, isn't it? (laughs) But as Jackie was talking about love, and you hear a lot of revolutionary love talk at Middle, it's lay volunteerism and leadership that powers the love that Middle puts out into the world. What is it you'd like to transform? What is it you'd like to tackle? I and and another member, uh, we wanted to give some love to youth that were living on benches in the grass in Tompkins Square Park, just a few blocks away. So with a little financial support and space from middle, we started the Butterfly Ministry. It's a ministry where a turkey, lettuce, and tomato sandwich, juice, orange or applesauce, condiments, and a napkin are placed into a brunch bag, sealed up, and then delivered out into the park for anyone, to anyone, not just what we might consider or identify as homeless people. So next Sunday, we will begin the 20th season of Butterfly. The 20th season powered by lay, volunteerism, and leadership. So, this afternoon at 1.30, we'll have a meeting to kick off what our plans are going to be in the parlor. Why don't you think about coming and figuring out whether you want to prepare and package or distribute into the park? We plan to make 90 bags every Sunday morning, and we will take them out into the park, the uh, Roosevelt Park. And if you are not able, it's not convenient for you to participate, you can also be a sponsor. It takes about $15,000 a year to run the program between May and up to Thanksgiving. So you can have a dedicated donation to be a sponsor of Butterfly. What is it you're thinking about transforming? Speak up. You might find that there are people waiting to join you. Thank you.
6: Back to
3: Holy One, move in and through us so that we may be your revolution rising. Let us be your resurrected body here on earth. Use our hearts, our eyes, our ears, our mouths, our hands to do your work, to redeem this world from violence and hate, to love, to love, to love. Take this offering and the offering of our bodies and all that we are for the building up of your reign here on earth, here and now. And all God's people said, amen. Still stand and sing, lift every voice and sing.
4: So Bertram is the one for many things, he, he did a really beautiful job with Superstar last week with John and Tammy, Woo! John Tammy sniffy the whole thing, but also he's the one with the iPad. <laughs> so he would love to, if you've loved today or are curious about what it means to be connected to us, just give Bertram your email and your name and then we can be in touch with you and let you know how to connect with us more deeply we? because we'd really like that. Look, oh it's in the back too, yep. So Edna's the one with con, con iPad and Bertram Thamiel, <laughs> Spanglish. Um, so look, I used to think differently about God than I do today. I'm 60 now. And I used to think, almost, I used to, I used to think, wow, you know, only 144,000 of us. And... <laughs> Nobody can be in the club but me. And I was in the don't no more Christian club. Don't don't smoke no more. Don't drink no more. Don't talk bad no more. Don't no more. And that was don't no more. You with me? And that was the way to be in a good relationship with God. But actually it's not, I think now as an old woman, what we don't do is what we do is how do we love the world? How will we love the world? How will we really love the world? And because God so loved the world, that God sent the son into the world. So let's just try to be strident and ask ourselves, how will love make me pay my taxes? How will love make me be a neighbor? How will love make me be on the subway? How will love make me raise my kids? How will love make me do my work? How does love guide my life? Not just my faith, but how does love guide my life? And I think that's the revolution rising. Love guiding our life. So I'm asking you to join me in a crazy revolutionary act, where we really listen to the words of the rabbi who said, love God with all of it and love your neighbor as yourself. Upon this, everything else rests. Woo, what if that's true? That sounds good to me. What if everything else is commentary? Wow. All right, lovers, let's do this. Amen.